Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Out of the Blue on this Sunday morning, the 31st, yeah, 31st of March. Uh, I'm Donna and I'm joined in the studio by Farm. Uh, before we start, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land 3CR is broadcasting from and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that this land was never ceded. We are interviewing Josie Jones from Peninsula's Last Straw. Very soon, uh, we'll be back right after this community service announcement with today's show. Lemonade cocktail followed by oyster liqueur. Join me, Sally Goldner, the presenter of Out of the Pan, for a live broadcast on International Trans Day of Visibility at Hares and Hyenas on 31st of March 2019, organised by Transgender Victoria with 3CR. With co-host Mama Alto, we'll be moderating a live panel discussion about issues, experiences and intersections between and about trans people of colour. Get your tickets online at tdov2019.eventbrite.com.au That's tdov2019.eventbrite.com.au Or listen live to the discussion right here on 855am on digital and streaming online. Welcome back, everyone. You're on Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. You are here with Donna and Farm in the studio today, and we are also streaming live online from 3cr.org.au on your digital radio, and you can get the podcast afterwards from 3cr.com.au slash Radio Blue. Now, I'm going to introduce you guys to a pretty special lady here. 
Um, her name is Josie Jones, and she is a resident of the Mornington Peninsula. She is an environmentalist and anti-litter campaigner of many years. She has delivered anti-litter education campaigns to schools, community groups, and businesses in an effort to raise awareness of the harm that plastic litter can do. She has also been awarded several times for her environmental activism, among which the Dame Phyllis Frost Award in 2016 for her campaign of picking up 2.3 tonnes of litter in a year. And just this last January, she was awarded the Mornington Peninsula Shire Citizen of the Year Award. And one of Josie's recent projects that we will be talking about with her today is called the Peninsula's Last Straw Campaign, which originally started as an idea from a source reduction plan workshop hosted by Tangaroa Blue Foundation and the Mornington Peninsula Shire about a year ago. And we're going to hear all about it today. Welcome to the show, Josie. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Peninsula's Last Straw project? Um, the Peninsula's Last Straw started after we did a waste and resource reduction workshop with Tangaroa Blue. Um, we were able to identify that cigarette butts and straws were probably the two highest litter items found on beaches. So rather than tackling the big one, we tackled the next biggest one, which was straws. So we rolled out the campaign in Dramana and we tried our best to give it some really great presence of branding and things like that. Um, and then as the time passed, we were able to submit the Peninsula's Last Straws for the Keep Australia Beautiful Gift Fund Award in which it was a recipient last year. And that enabled us to then be able to roll that out in Rye and now it'll also roll out in Mount Marta, which is really exciting. Yeah, that's a, a pretty epic year you've had with that project, haven't you? I was I was really excited the other day, and maybe for the wrong reasons, I don't know, but I was yeah. walking uh, my dog, and I saw a, a straw littered on the street, and it was a paper straw, and I yeah. didn't know if I needed to be super happy or if I still needed to cry because it was still a, a straw that was littered. However, it is the first time I've actually seen a paper straw rather than a plastic one in the in the environment. Um, so I was, yeah, I was, I was kind of torn, you know, yeah. <laughs> between happiness or non-happiness. Um, yeah, well, I, so think, have you, I, think that, I think that's probably understandable because especially in your role, you'd be seeing large amounts of litter but something that I often remind people is is a lot of litter happens by accident which is why it's so important for all of us to work together and talk and share so that we're all working for the same principle. Yeah exactly the, those common goals. So how has yeah. it been because part of the project that you've been doing is you've really engaged quite heavily with uh, social media campaigns which is something that you do professionally as well which you're very yeah. good at uh, and you also really engaged with the, the local businesses. How did you how did you go about that uh, really engaging the traders because obviously if we're if you're going to replace their plastic straws with paper ones um, yeah they, they might need some help in understanding in understanding the issue and, and, and how to do that. So how did you go about that? I'm really interested in that. Um, well, initially when we rolled out the campaign in Dramana, I wasn't a part of the team that were on the ground. I only gave direction of to how I felt that it would probably work best. Mm -hmm. um, given in the last couple of years I've worked on several campaigns in relation to reducing litter myself, I suppose the traders knew who I was. Um, 
I carry a water pistol. No, I'm only joking. I, I, <laughs> Spray them I, as I soon as you see them, them put no, out. No, I didn't force straw them. In them. I, I, actually, I actually went in and people were people had already talked about the campaign, which was good, so we already had that leg of the campaign. And I think the fact of that once it received the Keep Australia Beautiful gift fund and because um, well, I had done the branding... And I had ensured that the way streamlined the branding so that it was attractive to businesses to be a part of. So we put it under the Best Bites program. So the the literature basically matches. And then what I did was I went into stores with a pack all ready to go um, and just basically shared with them about the campaign, how we'd started it, what we intended to do. And I myself personally was so surprised and inspired by the businesses in Rye because they were just so willing to take on board the project. We had Knock on Wood first, then we had Freaky Tiki. And as you imagine, this is a volunteer project. So my car is a moving straw mobile. (laughs) Um, I'm thinking about putting decals all over it, just maybe turning into straws. Um, But basically, we just went to every store and convinced them that they that they'd be wise in making that switch. And I think having the fact that we did the trial in Dramana, um, we could see where we could improve. So mine was a real focus on not only um, converting people to straws, but also showcasing that business's offering. So if they did like really great sandwiches, I'd focus on that, you know. So I was really about making a point of difference and and sharing with the rest of the community. So it's been really inspiring to see the posts shared by so many different organisations and also to have people going, I've seen that, which is really inspiring too. Yeah, because one of the the things that inspires behaviour change is when people get the same message from different uh, origins, right? So they might hear yeah. something on the radio, they might, uh, yeah. you know, talk with you, and then they, you know, walk past a cafe and they see the poster hanging on the wall again, saying like, oh, again, you know, plastic straws. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that well, is. They say, don't they? It takes, you know, someone might say something to you and it takes up to eight times, I think, and then that around that time. So I'm sure that with the movement of people reducing single-use plastics and the ban of single-use plastics coming like Buckingham Palace and then into Europe. I mean, you know, people want to... Oftentimes I hear people say, people don't care. And I can honestly say that is not true. It's the minority of people that don't care and it's the majority of people that do. And I think something like this initiative has actually been a great enabler for people to create change because people sort of feel that they don't want to be on their own and something like this makes people feel like they're doing it as a, as a group and people get excited to see the social media posts. I mean, we had Hungry Eye Fish and Chip Shop, which is nearly two decades of handing out plastic straws, which when I think about it, I kind of have to stop myself. Um, and then now they've got paper straws and they're so excited and they wanted a copy of their social media, how they appeared on there. Um, the, the owner of that fish and chip shop has an extremely large Greek family. So we had so many people sharing it and so many people talking about it and so many people wanting to join the campaign. So seeing it now go to Mount Martha, which is a high littering of straw area, um, 
I'm excited to see it happen there because Mount Martha is such a beautiful spot um, and it unfortunately does get a lot of littering on beaches and obviously in the streets, which is where we, you know, 80 to 95% of litter comes via our stormwaters. Yeah, and, and do you think... Um do you think the success rate of these kinds of initiatives driven by the community is higher in uh, sort of like smaller communities than in larger communities? Do you do you have any opinions on that? Mm, well, I I often have found when looking at effective campaigns or in, you know that sort of thing that that bottom up planning is definitely something that works well because. You've got that community inclusion and ownership, you know, like, I mean, Donna knows full well with the Victorian Litter Action Alliance is that making a litter campaign local is what helps to reduce the littering. So in regards to, say, something like the Peninsula's Last Straw, I think a lot of people obviously have understood that it's the community that's running it um, and that it's supported by the Shire in relation to assistance and putting it under the Best Bites program. So I think that, that when a campaign can start from the bottom up, I think it has a greater effect. I mean, I'm not discouraging, obviously, having some type of national campaign because I'm all for that. I'm all for um, sharing a greater consciousness of environmental awareness as, as a community and that being Australians. And I think community as well isn't just geographic. It can also be um, like a, an organisation. Like for example, the Queen Vic Market are banning plastic bags, bags and straws from uh, I think it's the 14th of May and South Melbourne Market have done it too. So it's not just about people who live in an area. It's people who come to a certain um, location as well and then that message can spread further and further. It's almost... I don't know, viral or something. <laughs> it's yeah, like come to yeah. one area, get a message, Ab take it back to your home, spread it Absolutely. there. Absolutely, and it's progress, not perfection, and that's really, really important because we did a thing this year with um, Volcano Ice Cream. They were distributing thirty to 40,000 cups for ice cream, and what we did was we did a, a initiative where they could return their cups and people were given... Uh, an incentive of 10 cents for each cup returned. And what was really interesting about that whole thing was is that people actually donated the monies that they received to the tins that were placed on the counter. So people weren't actually holding on to that money, which I thought was a really great feedback. But then the business actually then decided, you know what, we're going to completely remove the cups because they were able to see by their progress that they could change their, their purchasing power completely. So they'll actually be removing those cups completely. Yeah, and that, that is, is a beautiful really thing, isn't it, where it, it is the trick is to make that first small change. And once you've yes. successfully made that first small change, making another one is so much easier. Yeah, so I suppose it's like trying to get fit. You know, you've got to get up in the morning and run around the block, you know, and if you don't get out of bed, then you're not making that change. And I often say if nothing changes, nothing changes. And, and people can often feel really overwhelmed with this whole movement towards plastic-free and making plastic out to be the demon, you know. And then when in actual fact what you say, fam, is right, it just takes one move. And that's the thing that we do is, is if we decided to make a pledge that each day we would do one thing differently in relation to our consumption, 
we'd understand that why people get so addicted to that whole plastic free movement you know people are like what's everyone whacking on about but once you try it, you're like, hey, this feels amazing. <laughs> yeah, you're hooked. So, Josie, what would you say to any listeners who might want to implement a, a similar project in their own community? Um, well, I suppose to go to your local shire and to see if they're connected to resources that would then enable. So because part of the peninsula is our straw is, is that we supply straws for a three-month period. So... Having that small piece of funding enables you to then, you know, create the package and plan. We were very fortunate that we were given the basis of the the last straw by Beach Patrol, who'd done the campaign, um, I think, in South Melbourne. Yeah, in Port um, Melbourne, correct, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Sam, thank you. Um, so, you know, people are welcome to contact me if they would like to use the same literature as we use. They're, they're more than welcome because... I often find in these situations, and I say it all the time, it's principle above personality. This isn't a competition. This is about preserving and protecting our environment. And like you said to me, fam, you know, even the biodegradable straws, they still enter into the environment and they still cause damage. I mean, some of the products that I'm seeing people creating in relation to straws kind of just, it's daunting, you know. If people can go back to simplicity, I think that from there they can build on a, a great resource themselves to be, a, a, you know, a litter champion, a, a cons- conservationist, an environmentalist, whatever they need. But people are welcome to contact me or to contact our Shire, Amy, in our Waste and Litter Education Officer, and we can help you. What is the, uh, the the Facebook address people can go to if they want to uh, check out The Last Straw? Um, so it's The Peninsula's Last Straw. And so you'll see I took the um, seahorse, the famous seahorse on the cotton bud. I took <laughs> mm-hmm. that principle and I adapted it to a straw. So if they see that, they'll know they're in the right place. Thank you so much, Josie. Uh, you dropped a few uh, uh, really tweetable good, moments. Yeah, and pearls <laughs> of wisdom there in your talk. Uh, so I am definitely going to listen to the podcast again and soak uh, up some you. of those uh, those wise things that you just shared with us. That was Josie Jones, who is one of our little champions and uh, helping to run the Peninsula's Last Straw campaign on the Mornington Peninsula, where um, the community members are helping businesses transition from plastic straws to paper straws. Thank you so much for being with us, Josie. And we're going to go to a song now and we shall be back after that and some community messages. Hi there and welcome back. You are on Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. We're also streaming live online from 3cr.org.au and we're on your digital. DJ Donna on the decks, what did we just listen to? That was um, one of my favourite songs, Subterranean Homesick Blues by Bob Dylan. Um, And we're going to leave you today with a few news headlines. Um, So one of the largest ghost nets ever encountered by local rangers has been hauled from remote waters off the Northern Territory coast, perhaps signalling the start of marine debris season. I actually didn't know there was a marine debris season, but obviously with currents changing and moving. Yeah, it'll depend on the weather and uh, raining season and things like that. Yeah. Uh, Luckily, there were no marine life entangled in the net um, and there's some contention about its exact provenance, but there is a general agreement that the waste is carried from Southeast Asian by dry 
Southeast Asia by dry season winds. The monster net has made its way to the local arts centre where it will, will be woven into a ghost net basket, which is a common local gift. Uh, that was from ABC News. I will post a link to that story um, on our Facebook page. Uh, our woman in her 70s remains in hospital after she was bitten by a seal near a boat ramp at Port Ferry last weekend. The spot where the incident took place has ongoing issues with people throwing food and other scraps out to um, feed seals directly or just into the water, a problem that has also been raised at other southeast, southwest sorry, coastal spots, including Warrnambool and Portland. The Department uh, of Environment had planned to relocate the seal, but a vet team found it was suffering serious injuries believed to have been inflicted by another male seal, and they, just, they decided to put the animal down. And finally, uh, graphic autopsy images have revealed the terrible toll that plastic waste took on a young whale found dead in the Philippines. The juvenile Cuvier's beaked whale died of gastric shock after swallowing around 40 kilos of plastic bags, according to marine biologists at the Debone Collector Museum and Natural History Institution in Davao City in the Philippines. Photos, which are quite graphic, and I did post them on our Facebook page yesterday, um, show the museum director, Daryl Blatchley, pulling sheet after sheet of plastic out of the stomach of the dead whale, which was found on Saturday. A heap of plastic bags piled up to the dead animal is quite shocking to look at. Um, it was the most plastic experts at the centre have ever found in the stomach of a whale, but deaths of marine mammals from ingesting discarded plastics are far from rare. Blatchley said his team had recovered 57 whales and dolphins that died after ingesting plastic, fishing nets and other trash and pollution over the last decade. So, yeah, quite quite horrific, that footage. So if you've... Yeah. yeah. If, you, uh, if you feel like after this you need a bit of a pick-me-up, I can definitely, definitely recommend spending some time in Port Phillip Bay. I went on a beautiful boat dive yesterday with my dive buddies, uh, once every few months or so, I organize a all-women's dive day called Girls with Gills, and every uh, female-identified person is welcome to join for beautiful boat dives. And yesterday, we went to Portsea Hole. Uh, it was quite challenging weather, <laughs> to mm, say the least. Yeah. We went in and out of the water with, like, uh, hailstorms hitting us and all that sort of stuff. So good thing we were wearing wetsuits. Um, but it was a beautiful, beautiful experience. Um, I'd never been to Portsea Hole before, uh, but it basically consists of a sandy hole but with beautiful reef on the side. So it's kind of a little bit like a like an amphitheater-like wall dive. And the rocky reef there is just covered with the most amazingly colorful sponge life you will see anywhere in the bay. Um, and it actually reminded me of, of diving Bali. Obviously, it's mostly corals <laughs> there in Bali. And way warmer. And way warmer. <laughs> um, but the sponge life in the bay and the colors that it provides and, and just the beautiful marine animals and the fish swimming around and not even being scared of us at all, coming really close and, and having a really close look at us is absolutely uh, astounding. The water at 30 meters is now 17 degrees. <laughs> so it is definitely getting to dry 
dry suit season now. So if you're still diving in a wetsuit, I can recommend switching over if you're a dry suit diver, because that time would be now. Uh, and I think next week, next weekend, we're still going to get one of those really beautiful autumn days. A few, I think 27 degrees and 25 degrees are coming up again soon. So uh, make use of it. Visit our beautiful bay and really soak in that beautiful marine life that we are trying to protect um, every day of our lives. And uh, yeah, it kind of reminds you why you're doing those things. Cool. Well, you've been listening to Out of the Blue on 855 AM 3CR. I'm Donna. Fun was in the studio as well. Next up is Sally with Out of the Pan doing, and she's out somewhere for Trans Day of Visibility. I think she's at uh, so and Hyenas that's at it. the moment. So a live cross coming up. So stay tuned and you're listening to 3CR. I'm Philippe Cousteau from Earth Echo International, and you're listening to Out of the Blue, 855 AM.